the driving factor was basically the love of the sport. Okay. You know what I mean? Like again, I love tennis since I was seven, since I was ten years old. Welcome to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. Here we will discuss all things related to physical preparation, including rehab, performance, and education. Welcome back to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. My name is Dr. Max LePage. I am here with Elroy Houston. What's up, guys? And uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about Elroy owns a, what would you call it, a tennis studio? Tennis Academy. Okay, a tennis academy. Um, Elroy is a past and current patient here, um, and we have kind of worked together a little bit. Um, getting him strong, getting him fit, and he's given me some insight into what he's got going on over there. Um, and the Tennis Academy is called, what is it called? Un- it's called Unlimited, Unlimited Tennis Academy. Okay. On your website, it's UNLTD. So I was yes. like, okay, how do, how do we go about saying this? <laughs> sure. Um, Unlimited, okay. Unlimited, and I was browsing through your stuff, and it seems pretty impressive. I don't think I've honestly ever seen a facility in any other sport that has been other with the exception of like maybe college athletic kind right. of um, locker rooms and those higher end stuff i've never really seen an independent or private sector place look that good to be honest so what's the story behind that facility and how you ended up doing that oh man that's a great question so um it's been myself and we have three other partners is daryl jared and brian and then myself And basically, we found that place out of necessity. So if we take a step back, when we first started the academy, we did not have a facility, right? So we were outdoors playing on public courts, and we were basically building up our clientele from there. And believe it or not, when it started to get cold, right, our clients are asking us, where are we going to go? Because they're having so much fun outdoors. They wanted to know what's next. So basically, we were telling them, yeah, just hold, sit tight. We're going we're gonna to make it work. And believe it or not, our first tennis class was on a hockey court. Oh, really? It was, on, it was on a hockey field, right? And the reason why is because, again, these people loved us. They loved what we were doing, but we just did not have a facility yet. So we were out at this place called the Hockey Deck, right? And we were out there just running the kids and training them. And in the back end, we were like feverishly looking for a facility. Mm-hmm. Now... You know, my business partner, Daryl, he called around for a few places and then we were just really lucky to find um, where we're at right now, which is right behind Riddle Hospital. Um, It's a three court tennis facility. And when we found that place, it was a complete dump. It's a complete Mm -hmm. dump. So, you know, we 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 got in there. We cut a deal with uh, Mainline Health and, you know, we've really just revamped the place. We, We ripped everything out of there. The only thing we haven't changed the tennis are the tennis courts itself. So we ripped out the the there used to be like a front desk area. We ripped that out, made that a, made that like a really cool store. Um, ripped out the locker rooms. We put in like NBA style lockers in there, mm-hmm. which the kids really really love. Um, upstairs we have our observation deck where we have artwork. We have conference rooms. We have video analysis rooms. We have homework alleys for the kids. We have a, a, a kitchenette for parents so they can get coffee and things of that nature. And it's just a really cool space. And we kind of took a, a census of all the parents and it's just a really cool area for them to sit down and really, 
you know, pull up, watch their kids play tennis and also get some work done. So, you know, we wanted to make it with clients in mind. So and I think we accomplished that goal. Yeah. So for for those of you who have not seen the facilities or have not looked into what they got going on over there, UNLTDTennis.com. Um, that's the website and you yes. can go on there and look at some of the pictures. They truly are like NBA, NFL style locker rooms and it looks immaculate, honestly. Absolutely. Um, I wonder, did it look like this the first day and now it, it's uh, no. full, full of kids stuff running around? Everywhere? No, it, <laughs> it was it was definitely a lift. So yeah. again, like I was saying, we ripped the whole place out. We, ripped, mm -hmm. we gutted the whole thing out. And the crazy part about it is we were still running classes the same, the same, you know, mm -hmm. simultaneously. So it was like we had the kids on the court, we had contractors ripping stuff out, sawing, drilling. Like it was, it was crazy. It was madness. Yeah. And you know, the beautiful part about it is that our clientele base grew during that time, right? And obviously, the project took a little bit longer than it was supposed to, like most construction projects do. But you know, once the place got fully fitted out. We ordered all the furniture, we put it together ourselves, and then once everything was looking really comfortable, then we were able to start putting in some artwork. And that's what you don't see on the website because we recently mm -hmm. did it. You can actually go on our Instagram at UNLTD Tennis and see all of the cool artwork that we put in as well. Um, the two main areas I'd like to highlight is the fact that in our gym, we put in like this really cool, like it's called wheat paste okay. type of artwork. And it's just, you know, inspiration for the kids of all their, all their favorite players. So it's like the younger players on the scene right now, younger professional players on the scene right now that the kids really look up to. And then we have the small little cubby that we turn into like a basketball area. So we have like a tribute to Kobe Bryant. Um, we have Ben Simmons up there. So again, it's all about the kids in mind when we really design this place. Yeah, and it seems like obviously with a lot of the bigger sports, football, baseball, basketball, the kids who go through that, they really do get a professional like style or professional level of facilities with that stuff just because the funding tends to be there when you're looking at high schools and especially at the college level for the, the places that have the bigger teams. Yeah. And I've always been someone who has kind of been in those fringe sports, mm -hmm. MMA, powerlifting, CrossFit, bodybuilding, like the things that obviously aren't mainstream per right. se. And um, it seems like what you guys have going on is that professional level of facilities and of coaching that maybe they're not necessarily getting in their high school because their focus there is those other kind of more common, bigger sports. So it right. seems like you guys have that, that professional level there, which is awesome to see. Um, obviously, it wasn't always that way, and you guys started outside on a, a hockey. Humble beginnings. <laughs> I assume when you say hockey, I'm guessing it wasn't an ice rink, right? <laughs> no, no, it was like roller hockey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not I say ice, wow. ice rink, man playing tennis on there, that's that's some pretty high-level coaching if you're able to get them good on there. But <laughs> If we could pull um, that off, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, yeah, so was it always you and the, the partners that you're with now that were doing the – the coaching on the hockey rink back in the day? No. So um, the way it all started is, or more specifically, the way the partnership formed was that it was myself and Jared. So he and I have been together. I've known him for nine years. I, I owe him everything. He taught me how to play the sport. You know, we kind of build up the clientele, you know, in that Swarthmore, Wallingford, Springfield area. Um, so we had the clientele. 
But the thing is, we didn't have the facility, right? So Jared and I, we're, we're really good at a couple things. One, we're really good at making kids feel good about themselves. Like we really try to give kids confidence in, their, in themselves and their games in life, period. So that was that. And the next thing, we're really good at training kids. Like we, are, we have this energy that kids really feed off of and they tr- start to believe in themselves and things of that nature. So we had that part down. The part that we didn't have down was the business side. And that's where Daryl, who is the, um, the uh, I guess you call him the CEO of the company, he makes those big decisions. He really, you know, has that business mind. And then you have Brian, who's a numbers guy, and he's really good with the numbers. He's able to make sure that we're staying on track, making sure that we're growing at a steady rate. So when you put those two things together, you know, nothing but success. So we're, right. we're really happy that we're able to find each other and make it work in this way. Yeah. And so you kind of alluded to the fact that um, your original partner taught you how to play tennis. Yes. Nine years ago. Yes. And um, that's a little unique or probably considerably unique when you look at a lot of the other tennis. And obviously, I'm not a tennis expert, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That seems to be something that for those who do it at a high level and end up in coaching. Most of them probably started when they were fairly young, um, like school age, middle school, high school at the, at the latest. Um, but for you, it sounds like you were an adult by the time you even started playing tennis. So what was your personal background in athletics? And then what led you to kind of go the tennis route and pick that up? Well, that, that's a great question too. And It's funny, I was telling you the other day that, you know, my story is a little bit unorthodox as it relates to the tennis world. So let me take a step back. I'm going to I'm going to talk about the first thing, which is on average, tennis players don't usually start or start really young. Like you said, they start around four, five years old. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's kind of the average. I started at 17. Right. I was already a fairly, you know, older and, you know, I just I always loved the sport, but I didn't think I could afford it. It was a re- like tennis is a really expensive sport, especially when you're trying to get into it, because, again, to progress in a sport like that, you need heavy coaching. You need somebody watching everything you do until you get to a point where you can kind of, you know, self facilitate yourself. So and that's where Jared came in. Um, so now to answer your question. Now, the way I got into tennis was I always liked tennis, but then, you know, I just couldn't I just couldn't afford it to start off with. And I joined my high school team. My high school team had um, a woman coaching at the time. Her name was um, Rashina Providence. And Miss Providence, she was able to connect me with Jared because her daughter also played as well at a really high level and Jared was training her. So then that's how the connection was made. Um, The way I progressed quickly is because Jared took uh, an interest in me because I was I was, you know, I was always on time. I always showed up. I always worked hard, even though I I didn't feel like I was really making the progress because, again, in the beginning, tennis is a tough sport to really progress in. So, you know, he gave me extra coaching. He told me, hey, dude, if you want to wake up at four in the morning every day, I will pick you up and Mm -hmm. we will go to the tennis court and I will train you for free. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way I'm not going to take, you know, hold of this opportunity. So every morning I woke up. He was out there waiting for me. He drove me to the tennis courts. We played. He took me to school, obviously finished out school. And he would be right there at the end of school to pick me up. And then he would drive me to Jersey where he was working at the time. And I just stayed with him all day long. So it would be four in the morning, go to school, 
go back to tennis. And then I wouldn't get home till like 11 o'clock at night and then just rinse and repeat. We did that for probably like a solid four years, just mm. waking up every single day. So, I mean, you know, everyone asks, what's the secret sauce? That's the secret sauce. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely not um, a surprise when it comes to getting really good at something, right? You always kind of have that story of, of hard work and dedication. Yeah. Um, typically, when you hear that story, it would be in a circumstance where someone's trying to compete at a high level, right? Like yeah. a, a wrestler is trying to go to the Olympics. A right. football player is trying to go to college or go to the NFL. I personally, because of my lack of background in tennis, don't really understand the competitive component of it in terms of, is that something that you were trying to do at the age of 17 to 23? Were you trying to compete in it? Is there even an opportunity to compete once you're finished with school and you're not like at a, an incredibly high level? What's that? What was the driving factor for you to, to work so hard? The driving factor was basically the love of the sport. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, again, I loved tennis since I was seven, since I was 10 years old, right? And then when I finally got that opportunity to play, even though it was late, I seized it wholeheartedly. I mean, I just fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with every part of it because, again, this was something I wanted to do from a younger age. And, you know, even now I just love coaching. Like, being able to see a kid go from, you know, a zero to a hero, you know, makes me feel really, really good because I was in that position. So I'm able to relate to those kids because, again, it wasn't that long ago, right, that I was trying to get my game together. So when I tell a kid, hey, man, stick with it, you're, you're great, you're going to make it. I know it's hard in the beginning, but if you stick with it for a good six to eight months, you're going to see some improvements. And I was like, I went through the same thing. And, you know, Jared will back me up. And that's kind of how we're able to get these kids who are starting a little bit later to really buy in and really believe in themselves first and foremost so they can achieve their goals. Mm. Yeah, that's that's interesting because, like I said, I think a lot of other folks, their motivating factor is competition, it's scholarships, it's recognition for that stuff. And for you, it truly was like, I just love playing tennis. And it's obviously even more interesting that you loved it for seven years before you ever even really started playing it yeah um so you already kind of came in with an appreciation for a sport that you hadn't really done much of which is is super interesting um did you know while you were starting to get into it at the age of 17 to 20 did you think to yourself like i want to get so good at this that i can coach was that the end goal for you with it no so the the end goal was to be you know a professional I wanted to really go out there and see what I can do. Mm. Now, the coaching aspect came into play because, I mean, let's face it, you know, 17, you know, my mom was like, you know, what are you doing? What's happening right now? Or, you know, so I had to start going the route of taking it more as a, a business, mm. right? I had to look at it from a financial standpoint and be realistic about, you know, the fact that I did start really late, right? So instead of having success on a tennis court from a competitive level, I wanted to have high level of success in tennis from a business level. And I think, you know, the work that Jared and I have put in all these years, building up the clientele, curating, making sure that clients are really feeling good, really improving, I think that's paying off now because, you know, with the Unlimited Tennis Academy, we're really starting to build these kids up. We have systems behind everything we do. And I really take pride in the fact that these kids are getting better because of, you know, my experiences personally starting late and, you know, being able to really relate to them. 
Interesting. So you, I know you allude to probably because the majority of your clientele there are kids, mm-hmm. right? Are generally younger. Yes. Is someone off the street at the age of 17 or 18 able to come in and get coaching as well? Or is it tailored more towards school age, competitive kind of kids? So it's, it's, it's tailored more towards the younger kids. And obviously we do have some older kids there, but again, they came in already knowing the sport and wanting more. Um, if a kid that comes in, we haven't had that yet. We haven't had that happen yet. But if a kid who's 17 and wants to come in and learn, I'll be more than happy to coach him. You know what I mean? Because again, I look at that as a project for myself, a personal project, I would say, because again, I want to instill in another kid what Jared instilled in me, which was hard work, making sure that you never give up. You know, all those cliche things that we all know are real. And if you really believe it, you can really see the results from it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then in terms of like actually coaching, what does it kind of look like when you're there? Is it private, semi-private? Do you have big group coaching classes? How Mm -hmm. does the coaching of tennis actually run? And what's kind of the best way to approach it? Right. So um, the way we're doing it is a little bit different at Unlimited. Okay. So first of all, we have three main products. We have clinics, which are the group type lessons. We have private lessons, which is the one-on-one type coaching. And then we have something called squad training, which is geared towards kids who want to learn how to construct a point, when to hit a shot, where to hit it, how to hit it, things of that nature. So those are the three main products that we offer and they all work together. So let me take a step back. When a kid comes to Unlimited, right, and they want to train with us, you can't just hop on the court and say, hey, I'm here. You have to go through, you know, we have to sit down with you, we have to sit down with your parents, you have to go through what's called a, a discovery, mm-hmm. and where we ask you a series of questions, you know, what are your goals? What's your favorite shot? What's your favorite TV show? We ask these things because, again, we want to know, we're invested in knowing you personally, and on the tennis court as well. Whereas I feel like most places, they, they only care about you know how well you hit a forehand, how well you hit a backhand, and we really care about the whole kid overall. So you know we care how they're doing in school, right? If they're doing bad in school, then we're like, okay, you need to go upstairs and sit down with a tutor in our homework alley and make sure that you're getting your work done. You know, if it's a strength aspect, we make sure, hey, you need to check in with our fitness instructor, make sure that you're getting the right things done there as well. And, you know, if it's a technical side, then, yes, we'll bring you on the tennis court and work you out there. So all those things come into play and we create something called a performance plan off of that discovery meeting that we have. And a performance plan is a custom made plan that really that's really tailored to what the kids goals are. Right. Obviously, there's some financials applied to that as well. But, you know, the plan is, I would say it's a run rate of nine months, right? Because, again, no one's going to get the type of success, especially in a a technique-driven sport like tennis, in a short period of time. So we're saying if you want to come in for a lesson here and there, we're probably not the, the place for you. We're invested in getting kids better, not just, you know, for lack of a better term, taking people's money. Right. Yeah, so that sounds fairly... That sounds fairly similar to kind of what's going on here in terms of the MSI, the Maple Zone Sports Institute, with Rob upstairs, who for those listening have probably heard the episode interview with him where he kind of talks about a similar process in terms of an evaluation or a discovery of the person um, as an individual, their athletic background, what their goals are, and all of that, and then tailoring things 
specific to that person with the idea that like okay this is not necessarily a one and done this isn't a one-off session yeah or, it's a commitment know, yeah it, this is a a commitment and it is a process that you're buying into mm-hmm. that will make you better in all aspects relevant to the game and not relevant to the game um and then it so from an actual like you obviously have the facility you guys have a fitness instructor you have a homework hall um which is awesome by the way i've never heard of a facility having that so having the kind of your foot in the door for the academic side of things which obviously is an important part of life for a lot of the for every kid really Mm -hmm. um in some capacity or another that's that's really cool i i did not know that you guys had that um but then looking at the actual process of coaching mm-hmm. what do you feel like are some of the common mistakes in the training process of getting a young athlete a young tennis player to the point where he's as good as he could possibly be mm-hmm. and he's hitting his potential what are some of the pitfalls or the mistakes that other coaches or just athletes on their own will make in that process or or are overlooking oh man that's well i mean we could go down the list yeah. so there's I mean, first of all, there's making sure, and this is from a coach's perspective, making sure you really know what you're doing. So I say that because there's a lot of coaches out there that, you know, played in high school and say, eh, I'll pick up a racket. I'll coach a little bit, right? Those are the coaches you have to watch out for because, you know, the the technical side of tennis can be not, it can be simple or it can be complex depending on the kid. So you got to make sure that you're knowing the technique that you're teaching, because, again, it's beyond hitting a ball. It is injury prevention. So the biggest injury in tennis is a tennis elbow. Right. And that's just from catching the ball late. If you're not making sure that that kid is catching the ball in the proper strike zone, you have to watch out for those things. Um, Overtraining if a kid is on a tennis court too much. That is that is a real thing. So, you know, again, going back to the performance plans, we make sure part of the performance plan is we make sure that the kid are is in the facility for just what they need so if it's four days for that week great that's what that kid needs if it's six days for that week you know like if it's a a newer kid that wants to progress quickly then that's what they need but again we try to tailor it so we make sure that that kid is getting the most out of it um another pitfall could be man i mean what, what else can i say another pitfall could be just the fact that when a kid is hurt right and the coach is just like go 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 keep going keep going no we don't take that approach we take the approach of noticing that the kid is hurt right stopping talking to the kid saying hey what's wrong you know oh yeah it's my elbow okay cool let's talk to the trainer trainer thinks you need to take two weeks off like we do those types of things where it's not again it's not a money grab on unlimited we truly care about the kids on and off the court and i think that's where we're having the most success and that's where parents and kids alike are really feeling you know i guess you could say the unlimited vibe yeah nice so do you feel like kids come in and have a consistent for example i'll give you an example so soccer players right Mm -hmm. and for those out there i'm sorry if this offends you but soccer players are notoriously weak Mm -hmm. they just do not have the leg strength to be able to sustain the workload the demands that they're putting through their legs and so they end up with injuries and they're they're leaving performance on the table they're not they're not using every um, possible physical quality that they could be if they were stronger right um that's an example in soccer and i'm sure people are being soccer players are strong whatever 
Um, <laughs> the tennis population, are there clear kind of physical deficits where people come in and man, like your shoulders don't move well enough to play tennis or you're too weak or maybe you're, you know, in battle. What are the types of trends that you see in terms of the physical preparedness for someone coming in to play and get better at tennis? Absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing I would say is pretty similar to what you were saying about soccer players with the leg strength. Like you have to understand tennis at a high level is played out of a squat and out of a lunge, mm. period. Right. You're sprinting out of a squat position. You're changing direction out of a lunge position to be able to hit the ball with the type of pace that you want to really put your opponent on defense or to hit a winner. You have to have that type of leg strength. You have to have the agility and the stamina to keep up with that. So the biggest thing that we see at Unlimited is is leg strength. Like it's it's tough to train the kids to a certain level because of their fitness. And that's why. It doesn't matter what we do. Fitness is like the main aspect of what we do. You know, yes, we're a tennis academy, but, you know, we're a tennis academy up to the point where a kid gets hurt. Mm -hmm. Right. So we definitely take a step back. We have these performance plans where it's a mixture of private lessons. So let's say a kid comes in Saturday at nine o'clock. He'll have a tennis lesson that week. The following week, he's going to have that same Saturday at nine o'clock, but he's in the gym the entire time training with a training training mm -hmm. with the trainer. Right. So it's all about what that kid needs. So, for instance, I'll give you a perfect example. I have a kid um, he comes in. I won't say any names, but he, he comes in Saturday, 9 a.m. Right. And he has balance issues. So and I noticed that when I hit with him on, on the court. Um, so what I did was I took a step back. Right. I took him off of the court. I took him into the gym. I put him on a BOSU ball. Right. I gave him a med ball and tried to bounce that way to kind of simulate a ground stroke, forehand ground stroke. Right out of a lunge position on the Bosu ball, so the real focus is the balance versus actually hitting the ball. A lot of mm -hmm. kids get lost in translation when they're like, "I just got to hit, I got to hit, I got to hit," and that's not really the goal at Unlimited. You know, it's if I was to give it a split, it would be like a 60% fitness, 40% tennis, right? Because the fitness, if you're fit, if you're not injured, if you're able to sit down and squat in a lunge, you're going to get a lot more out of that 40% on court. Right. And so, do you guys have like gym facility there as well? Yeah, so we, we call it a movement studio. Okay. So we have a movement studio that our trainer, you know, puts these kids in. And right now, you know, it's not about heavy weights for these kids. It's about controlling the weight they have in their body already. It's right. about body weight awareness, right? So, you know, our trainer, his philosophy is, you know, you have to be able to control your body before you're able to control anything else. And that's that's kind of the philosophy that we have going right now for the kids we have in the academy is making sure that, you know, your functional movement is correct. You know, are you able to hit a real recovery step to get to that next ball or, you know, is your core too weak to, to make sure that your upper body is stable? Like, you know, what I mean, we right. think about all these things when it relates to the overall tennis player. Yeah, no, that makes that makes total sense. It sounds like you guys really have a, a great balance of. Whenever, whenever you get a facility, so here it's rare mm -hmm. that MSI and Precision are in the same house and they work. We work together as a team to support the athlete development process. It's rare that you have another facility that truly does a good job of a holistic management of athlete development mm -hmm. and addresses all of those things. And I feel like you guys are taking it even to 
another level with the things like the homework room and yes. the ability for the parents to hang out there and to be present and to be part of it. So I think that there's even stuff for us to learn about mm-hmm. that um, that facility and the process this, the process that you guys have mm-hmm. um, instituted there. So it, it sounds like you guys are really running an impressive studio and obviously you have coaches that are about that life so to speak so they kind of know they know what they're doing but um elroy we've had a good conversation is there anything else that you would want a listener who's maybe plays tennis doesn't go to your studio Mm -hmm. and is wondering like man should i go there is there anything else that you would want them to know either about you or Mm -hmm. about what you guys do over there um, the biggest thing, and you can ask any of our clients, the biggest thing I want everybody to know is that, again, it's not about the money, right? We've worked, we work with everybody. We make sure that we're taking care of the kids first and the money will come. So we're truly invested in making better tennis players, but we're really invested in making better people. And that's our mission statement. So that's, that's kind of what I'll leave with. That's what we're all about. If we have better, if we get a kid who, you know, get some confidence, right? Speaks up, right? Or getting better grades in school, gets a scholarship going to a college. We've won. That's that's what we care about, right? And if a kid goes to play professional tennis, that's awesome. That's awesome too. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's our mission statement. Awesome. Elroy, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us some insight on what you guys have going on there and taking the time to chat. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, obviously we already said the website, but could you repeat that stuff and where could someone get in touch with you? Absolutely. So, um, again, you can go on our website at unltdtennis.com. Um, if you click on any of the programs and sign up there, we'll get an auto email that goes to our CFO, Brian, and he'll reach out to us and we'll reach out to you. Um, you can see us on Instagram at unltdtennis and Facebook at unltdtennis as well. Perfect. And if anyone wants to get in touch with me, they can always follow me on Instagram at maxlepage.dpt and obviously Precision Performance PT for all other things. Um, And we will talk to you guys in the next episode. See you guys. Did you know we now offer personalized remote programming, one-on-one video telehealth sessions, and mentorships for both students and professionals? If you're interested in any one of these, please email John at J-O-N at precisionperformancept.com and he can help you get started today.